Hi, I'm Mandy Learn. And I'm Stephanie Keeley. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Work. Before we start the episode, we wanted to remind you to follow, rate, and review the podcast so more listeners like you will find us. You can also help your colleagues and friends join the conversation by sharing this episode with your networks. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to it. I said, find joy in the imperfection of it all, right? It's never all going to be perfect. And I think that that's one of the things that I think about is people talk about this enigma that is work-life balance. It does not exist. So I would always say there's, it's more like work-life integration. So some days my family gets 90% of me and my work gets 10%. And then there's other days that I have to flip-flop. Welcome back to the Women Who Work podcast. We are so excited to keep discussing the essentials for leading in your life and career, because as women who work, we just can't separate the two. Each episode, we challenge ourselves to bring you real conversations about the real things women are facing in the world of work today, and you have a place in this conversation. In this episode, we are talking about the often controversial concept, leaning in, and discussing how just as often we hear women use the phrase lean out. We also have an interview with the indelible Susan Thomas, Managing Director of Health Plan Growth at Express Scripts. She shares about perspective, boundaries, and how she balances a thriving career with a full personal life. Ooh, I'm ready for it. Let's dive in. Okay, so this concept of leaning in versus leaning out. Um, recently, I was talking with a friend in my work circle who uh, we were we were sharing stories about a different topic, and I used the phrase lean out. And she stopped me and said, wait a minute, say more about that. And it got me thinking, um, you know, sometimes we don't have the language to put behind feelings or um things we're noticing in the world. And that might be a phrase that not everyone has heard outside of, of these circles. But also I realized, you know, I'm sitting in this position where at my age, um, at my career level, where I'm surrounded by women who are burning the candle at both ends, really, mm -hmm. you know, they're taking care of families, they're raising children, they're taking care of parents, but they're also, you know, killing it at work. They're wanting to grow their own businesses as social or as um, solo entrepreneurs. Um, they are trying to climb the corporate ladder or they're wanting to be a leader in the nonprofit space. So they're doing both. They're doing all of it. And you might hear a phrase like lean out and be like, oh, that feels like a giant exhale, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's here, like it's a kind of a, mm -hmm. of the moment topic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Especially around just the burnout piece. Women are still burned out to the max, even now, three years post pandemic. And you're right. I've been, we, this is a common refrain that we're hearing from a lot of women right now. And it's so interesting that we're talking about the lean out piece, because I remember 
when Sheryl Sandberg's seminal book came out called Lean In, and her whole message was not to lean out. (laughs) So I think it's so interesting to look at that from this perspective, almost 10 years removed from her writing the book. And I remember when this came out, it was like, oh, this is the new Bible for women and work and career and success. And, and now it's so interesting to look at her advice and think, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. Does this hold up? It doesn't, does it stand the test of time? (laughs) I'm, I'm going to say a no. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, you're right. So she really coined, Sheryl Sandberg coined the phrase lean in through this book. And from her website, they summarize the book as um, in lean in, she shares her personal stories, uses research to shine a light on gender differences and offers practical advice to help women achieve their goals. The book challenges us to change the conversation from what women can't do to what we can do and serves as a rallying cry for us to work together to create a more equal world. So, you know, from her vantage point, she's she's focusing on equality and and right. uh, gender rights and giving these tools to women so that they can cor- climb the corporate ladder. That I think that was her intention, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's she was one of the first that talked about um, the whole idea of equality specifically for women in the workplace in a new way. And mm-hmm. she really talked about the um, societal challenges and barriers that women have to ha- of having advanced careers. So from that aspect, I, I think she's she was one of the kind of thought leaders mm-hmm. of that time because now, you know, we hear and so much more of that being discussed. Mm-hmm. And that is a widely acknowledged. It is, you know, used as business case for having more women in, in leadership positions, more equitable organizations. So yeah. I think from that aspect, that piece holds true. And we are sure. still facing, unfortunately, a lot of those same challenges, barriers that she outlined and served as the basis of the book. And the book was published in 2013, so 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, by it, and and soon after it came out, I mean, it's it's a it was a widely successful book. It sold mm-hmm. over a million copies, I think. Um, and there were circles of of women. They were lean in circles yeah. um, of women who would get together and support each other in in this um, leadership journey. Um, and, and kind of in carrying out the principles from the book. Mm-hmm. So it was popular, but yeah. by 2018, it really saw it. The critics came for it, you know, and yeah. the critics are not just the writers out there writing op-eds. Like it is, the critics are the real women. You and me. <laughs> yes. You and the me. The real women yeah. in the workplace saying, you know what, this is out of touch. Mm-hmm. and it is um privileged and yeah. it is um you know like i'm i can't lean in anymore i can't change the societal norms that are pushing against me just by leaning in acting like a man 
giving it my all at home and at work. And, and it kind of felt like, how dare you tell me I need to do more, you know? Yep. Yep. It's almost kind of reminds me when Geraldine Ferrero ran as vice president and it was the same kind of idea that, you know, she was lauded as being a trailblazer, being the first woman candidate of a major party for vice president. And, but it also made women think, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, how dare you kind of in that same vein of, I, I, like you tell me what success is or how I should go about doing it. So in a way you have, you know, they were pursuing some progressive ideals, but there still was a backlash because it just didn't sit mm-hmm. at the sit right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, that, I mean, at that time, Cheryl was facing her own controversy at Facebook and with Cambridge mm-hmm. Analytics. And I remember distinctly being really mad at her because yeah. You know, she was up on a pedestal as as being a advocate for women and how you can lead this lead this authentic life and have an advanced career, mm-hmm. go after the things you want to go after, and then yet the facade fell. Yeah. And you know, I we just talk remember about personal oh, brands. Just, yes. And and yes. hers took a hit. Uh huh, for sure. And I don't think, I don't really think it's recovered. Honestly, I don't think she has the same place as she used to definitely in the conversation. Yeah. She herself, well, this is a, <laughs> maybe too far in the weeds, but I still follow her on social media. And I think that she herself has leaned out. So, yeah. um, right. So, you know, there, but and and historical context there, you know, th- like you said, that was 2018. There was all mm-hmm. kinds of controversy around um, the the ethics and security of Facebook uh, and mm-hmm. Russia and the election, and mm-hmm. um, and she didn't she didn't speak up. She didn't um, do a lot of the things, practice the principles that she put in her own book, and so people saw that as like a um, you know, you're not walking the talk and she just lost a lot of credibility, uh, for certain. And then, um, another piece that really kind of was a final blow for the book, I think, and for this concept of lean in was, um, Michelle Obama in 2018 Mm -hmm. was in, um, at an event in, in Brooklyn and she, she swore, <laughs> you know, she used explicit language, which, you know, got the internet all um, excited. <laughs> um, but she said, I tell women that whole, you can have it all. Nope. Not at the same time. That's a lie. It's not always enough to lean in because that mm-hmm. shit doesn't work all the time. Yep. And she just laid it out there. Like you yep. can't just lean in. You can't just will it into being. That's not real life. No, no, it's not. And I think that it's so interesting too, that things in the workplace have changed so dramatically in just a span of 10 years that that kind of advice just does not work because, and, you know, as you're having conversations with your friends about this idea of leaning out, I don't think it's a negative connotation at all. Well, I so don't what, think that what it is needs to out? be, 
I think lean out means anything that you need it to be for yourself. So is it because you're reprioritizing some things in your life? Are there things that just, you know, you need that need to be given your attention right now and not your career or not work? And I think that it's okay to say, Yes, that's if you need to take this time and space to take care of whatever other responsibilities, priorities you have, I think that's more of an important message than it is just to be like, keep leaning in, keeping your foot on the gas, because we know that's not working. We know from the mm-hmm. statistics that women are burned out and it, they're still continuing continuing to be burned out. They're not getting any relief, help or support. So I think it's important actually for women to decide for themselves. I need to lean out in this part of my, my life. And it may not be your career. You may be leaning out. Maybe it's like, you know what? I'm leaning out on my family because Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, they're good right now. They don't need the support that they had been. And this is my time. So I can give more um, priority to work. Yeah. You know, I think that it's it's a personal decision, personal choice, and you have to look at it in that way and not look at it from a failure. Because I think that that messaging that Cheryl gave us was if you're not leaned out, if you're not leaning in 100%, you're not successful or you won't be successful. And I don't think that's true. I think that's actually really dangerous because look mm-hmm. at where we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of a, a one way street. Yeah. It was there there was not nuance to the messaging. It was very much right. lean in 115% or you're not going anywhere. Right. Right. And I don't yeah. think that's great messaging right now. <laughs> no. And you know, I think this concept of lean out, it's worth noting though that a book by the phrase lean out was written um, yeah. following Sheryl Sandberg's book of Lena mm-hmm. and I have not read it admittedly. Um, but you know, it kind of, it focuses on that topic of focusing on well-being, defining success yep. for you and yep. taking the path that you need to get to that end goal. I mean, it, did I get that right, Mandy? Yeah. 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 You summarized it pretty darn well. Yep. And, and- you know, it was written by Melissa Orr, who also worked at both Google and Facebook, which is a similar career path to Ms. Sandberg. Right. Right. And, you know, when you mentioned, you know, taking care of yourself and the well-being aspect and 10 years ago, people were not talking about mental health. We were not talking about taking care of yourself first, making sure that you're in the right headspace and you're getting what you need mentally, emotionally. And I think that's an important piece that's missing now because sometimes you need to lean out to take care of yourself. And, and that doesn't make us softer. That makes, that means we know more, you know, a little bit wiser, do better. And so we're focusing We're this is a top, a hot topic now because it's an important topic. Um, right. And, and we do know better about mental health. And so we do want to prioritize that and, and burnout and, um, just giving 150% to all aspects of your life. It probably do it. It's not, it's not going to end well. No, it's not sustainable at all. And we all know that sustainable. Yeah. 
So we've made the argument that leaning in 115% of the time is not the best way to move forward. So what kind, what should we do? So if we say, you know what, I need, I need to take some time out or I need to pull back from a certain aspect, you know, how should we go about that? Like in order to make sure that we don't completely fall off the track. Well, I think that's a great point because you know, in we have talked in previous episodes about kind of the the lazy job, and certainly mm. what we're not saying here is that leaning out means being apathetic about your career. It just means clarifying your priorities and deciding where to put the majority of your focus and your energy, you know, your personal right. resources. So what I have found, the more and more I talk to successful women, in business is that often when they tell their career story, they mention a time period where they essentially leaned out, where they had a conversation with their manager and said, I can't take that promotion right now. The timing's not right for me right now. I've got a two-year-old at home and I have to give a little bit more of my focus to my family. But they have a real intentional conversation with them about their career goals and about their timing and about where they want to be in five or 10 years. And they stay connected to that mentor, to that manager. Um, I think that's key in all of this is that if you're, if you're looking at your own values, if you're looking at your own life and whatever's coming up, health, family, out, external um, situations, if it's coming up for you that you need to lean out from work a little bit, you can still have a successful career. You will not right. miss the boat. Mm -hmm. You're not and done. I think that's good to know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause I think that's the major fear is, oh, if I pull back now, I'm never going to recover from this. And I, that's not fair to say that's not, that's just, that's not re being realistic. I mean, exactly. that's just kind of crazy and absurd to think about it. Look, we're not professional athletes where we have a shelf life. Okay. <laughs> you know, in terms of what we can, what our bodies are going to be able to do. I think the key here though, is to be, like you said, intentional. You need to, you need to strategize, have a strategy or, or some sort of a plan. It doesn't mean it has to go hundred percent according to the plan, but I think you need to have a plan in place. So for example, you know, is there a, a timeline that you can give yourself and say, Hey, I need X amount of time. And then during that, you know, whatever that pullback looks like for you, what are things that you can do to maintain, like you said, connections, um, in your network in your, prof both professionally and personally, um, and really ask for what you need have those conversations with your managers and people at work and say, you know, I, this is what I need. So you need to vocalize that because if you don't tell them, they're not going to be able to help you get what you want. And if you're a performer, they're going to trust me, they're going to want to keep you. So if you can have those conversations now and, and ask for, for what you need, then that's going to help maintain your trajectory and you won't completely just fall to the wayside and miss, you know, miss your opportunities. That's exactly, just exactly, exactly. Yeah. We're not saying, I, I wouldn't say that leaning out means leaving a job, 
leaving a company, you know, and especially in certain economic times, would never encourage someone to like leave their job or leave their company. Right. Um, we all Unless still have bills the right to pay. route for you. Yeah, exactly. Like we work for a reason and let's pay our bills to provide a life that where we can thrive. But also you can, in a really healthy way, take the space you need at certain periods of your life. Mm -hmm. So that when you can come back fully engaged, you're going to kill it. You're going to do awesome because you've got what you need and you're ready to put Mm -hmm. more of your focus and intention into your professional life. Right. So I think we'll hear from um, our guest today a little bit about this perspective. and, And she mentions that saying no can be just as important as saying yes. And I think if that's illustrated here, when we think about the time frames when we are leaning in and when we're, you know, probably having to choose to lean out. And I think sometimes it's really important to keep in mind too. And it's, this is hard. Like I, I start, I'm not going to lie. I struggle with it, especially if you were considering, you know, leaning out, taking time or shifting priorities, you've got to stop comparing yourself. And, and that's so hard. It is really, really hard because there is still is a societal standards for what success looks like. And when we feel like we are not there, we feel like failures, even though we are in pursuit of what we know makes us happy. We feel fulfilled. We have purpose, but sometimes they're, oh gosh, sometimes that just sneaks in there and it's, yeah, it's not helpful. It It is is so hard. And, and it's hard you know, within social circles in your community, you might see other people and assume that they've got this perfect life or they're, they're fulfilling a career and they're at a certain level and that that's great for them and that you should be in that same role or at that same level. And the reality is we don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on in other people's worlds. Right. And you just you cannot focus on what other people are doing. You have to focus on your own game, your own strategy and keep your eye on that ball. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. It's because it's a distraction and it, and it really makes you feel bad. It (laughs) does. It does not help for that happiness factor. We're all seeking. No. And we don't need, we need a whole lot less of that. Yeah. And social media doesn't help us at all. Um, So as much as you can stop scrolling, (laughs) here's your, here's your weekly reminder to put down your social accounts for, for a a few minutes. For sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm going to take your advice on that, Stephanie. (laughs) Um, in fact, you know, we're entering the holiday season and it is a good time where if you mm-hmm. want to pause accounts, if you want to just delete an app off your phone, it, it won't hurt you. No, it will always be there. If you want to go back, it will, you can, <laughs> you can join, right. You could say, I'm going to, I'm going to delete it for two weeks and I'll come back to see everyone's photos. That's but right. You might find that you enjoy that piece. Yeah. Well, and I think too, so uh, at least for me, sometimes when I kind of get in that rut, 
And I'll mm-hmm. be really honest. The comparison about, rut. Y- yes. I know this is like kind of standard advice, but yes, having just a gratitude journal or list, just sometimes I'll just start my day three, you know, whatever, jot down just things that I am, I am grateful for. I think mm-hmm. sometimes that helps you kind of get in the right headspace, move away from what other people are doing and getting focused on, you know, you and your life. And, um, but I also think too, that, you know, if you are in pursuit of something and you are really working towards something, um, that you find fulfilling, then write down those small achievements along the way. I think it's mm-hmm. really important to celebrate the small wins mm-hmm. and not just always look at the bigger picture or the, oh, I completed this big project or I got this promotion or, you know, mm-hmm. write literally write down those small wins because you can always go back to them. And yes. science, or, yeah, there's research that shows when you actually take time to physically write these positive, you know, affirmations or whatever you want to call them. I mean, it, it works, it works for your mental health and it helps in that comparison trap. That's really great because I, and I'm going to do that one because especially this time of year where I'm busy and we're being pulled in a lot of directions. Sometimes I can feel like I'm not moving forward enough. Yes. in my work. And yes. so by writing that down, I think that would be an excellent practice for me to add in. Well, I think it's time for us to shift over to our uh, guest today. Susan Thomas is the managing director of health plan growth at Express Scripts. Her background spans the public, private, and nonprofit sectors offering her broad industry exposure and a unique perspective on positioning products and services that resonate with diverse clients and audiences. She has served in various executive leadership roles in organizations, including Deloitte, the United Services Organizations, USO, and Rheingold, a DC-based strategic communications firm specializing in government and healthcare communications. After spending over a decade in Washington, D.C., Susan, her husband, and two children, now reside in the Nashville area. Here's Susan. I'd like to say my career has definitely been a bit of a winding road. Um, I started my career, my very first job out of school, which actually I'd like to say I think really set me up for um, the, the path that I've taken was I worked for the Greater Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce right out of college. Um, and people always ask me how I know a lot about a little, a lot about a little things, right? So it's industry. I had exposure to a lot of different industries very early on in my career, as well as exposure to a lot of different types of people from the CEO of Comcast and Tasty Cake to the small business owner. I really had an interesting jumping off point to understand people's perspectives of where they were coming from to build their own business strength. So I did that, um, got my MBA at Villanova University in marketing and communications. Um, Yay, Wildcats. Uh, and then moved to DC. I met my husband in my 20s um, in Philadelphia. He was in the Marine Corps. We did long distance for a long while and realized someone had to make a move. And for me, DC really made a lot of sense for my jumping off point. Um, so moved there. He was still in the military. I worked for a consulting firm in strategic communications. So I had clients that were healthcare associations, so very large American College of Cardiology down to George Washington University. So helped them with their um, fundraising, as well as communication strategies, marketing strategies, 
Um, and then my sort of heart called me to the USO. Um, my husband, as I mentioned, is a military um, service member. And so I led global programs as a vice president of programs for USO, which is definitely a proud moment for me. Um, through that, navigated to Deloitte. So I'd say, you know, I have a public private sector soul. Um, we moved from DC after my husband got out of the military to Nashville. And at that point, my kids were two and four and I had leaned in real hard to my career in DC. And so I decided I was gonna take a little time off, which lasted all of a month um, before I had different clients and, and contacts that I knew throughout my career come and ask me, hey, could you take on this project? Can you take on this project? And I started um, really doing my own thing. And I did that for four years, um, was very successful. But what I would say is I missed working with people. And so the role that I'm in now, I actually lead um, health plan growth for a global company, Evernorth. Um, so Express Scripts is where I work. And we, you may not know, but we manage the pharmacy benefit for many of your commercial plans, your health plans. Um, so I've been in this role for about three years um, within the company and just took on this role about six months ago. So definitely a winding road, but interesting industry exposure and interesting perspectives along the way. So you mentioned perspective, and I know that's a big theme for you right now. Um, what does that mean to you? What is perspective for you at this point? Well, you know, it's interesting when you and I, <clears throat> when you and I were talking about what I wanted to bring forward to those women that work, right? Some women work and have kids. Some women work and don't have kids, but have friends. They have lives. They take care of their parents, um, loved ones. Um, I looked up the definition of perspective because I was curious. And so the definition um, of perspective by our friends Webster um, is a particularly a particular way or an attitude attitude towards something, right? And so as I thought about it, what does perspective mean to me? What I would say to you is perspective is really taking a step back and trying to understand others and understand why someone may or may not have made a choice. And at times, depending on whether you have a new experience that gives you perspective to better understand why your mom told you put, to put your coat on when it was cold and you didn't understand. And now you have a kid and you realize, huh, I understand why my parents told me to put on a coat. Or when you're in a big meeting and um, someone has to make a really difficult decision between you know, choosing to invest in something or to cut away something because you're trying to support what the shareholder value is. You're starting to put yourself in making really big decisions. And until you've actually set in someone's shoes, you don't really have that perspective. And so I've really thought about what has helped me throughout my career. And it truly is that I like to take a step back and try to understand where someone else is coming from. Recognizing though, you really never can have true perspective until you've experienced the same thing someone else is going through. Yeah. Does that help? It does. It does. And so your own journey, you've, like you've said, you've worked in several industries, you've been exposed to a lot of things. You've had a work lifestyle that has looked very different ways, you know, pre kids and um, kind of that ambitious twenties growing career. You're working however many 60 plus hours a week, Lots probably. <laughs> to then balancing other things. So I'm curious, like what kind of perspective have you gained? You know, it's interesting. So I'm in my mid to late forties now. So I would say each decade has brought me different perspective, right? 
So in my 20s, as I said, I was working at the chamber. I was the rock star, right? Like I was definitely the person that was pulling the long hours. I was sitting in a meeting um, and I was in my late 20s, just about to turn 30. I had no kids, but I was um, just recently married. And I remember someone got up from a meeting at four o'clock and we were in a heated discussion. It was during the bank failures and I was working with the small business administration and we were trying to figure out what we needed to do. And someone just got up, key executive, out of the meeting and walked out. And I'm not gonna lie, I sort of looked at, looked at that person and said, seriously, we're gonna be here till 11 o'clock tonight and you're just getting up at four and leaving? Later on, as I look at my own children and having to pick them up at daycare, and this was when I was in B. I now have the perspective to understand that gentleman had to get back and in time, he lived in Maryland to get to his child, right? At the time, I gave him the stink eye, right? Mm -hmm. Now I sit back and I tell my team members that need to leave, that they need to leave. So that was my 20s, right? And then in my 30s, I became a leader in my late 20s. And then throughout my 30s, I mean, I've been leading teams now for over almost about 20 years, actually. So in my 30s was when I was, um, you know, I was working for a big five consulting firm. As I mentioned, I was at Deloitte. Um, and I started there <clears throat> when I was 26 weeks pregnant with my second child. Um, and I told this story. That was when the book Lean In came out. And I thought I was supposed to lean in hard. And they were amazing. I will say, to their credit, they tried to get me to slow down, but they gave me 14 weeks paid maternity leave. So I felt that I needed to lean in. So I was working 80 hours a week with a newborn and a two-year-old. And that didn't do a lot for my relationship with my husband. Um, that didn't do a lot for my confidence in myself as a mom, because I felt like I was leaning into my work too much. So perspective flash forward, right? I now have team members on my team, for instance, just today. One of my team members just IM me and said, okay, I was right. My son has RSV. Her kids are, are three and one. I said, take the day off. She said, no. I said, take the day off, right? So at the end of the day, that's that perspective that I'm trying to foster in my team. Throughout the 30s, what I learned about myself was I needed to, I leaned in, I worked really hard and I wasn't quite sure who I wanted to be. I just felt like work had to be that thing for me. So as I've gotten into my 40s, and people always say as you grow, I've realized that I know what I'm good at. I'm not going to lie and say I don't have my moment where my confidence gets flustered. But my perspective is that there's always someone who's been in my shoes. So I try to learn from them, right? So now I'm looking and admiring my colleagues who are in their 50s, whose kids are going to college, and I'm realizing my kids are 12 and 10 now. I want to be there for them. I want to say no to the travel sometimes if I need to be at my son's Veterans Day concert, right? And I would say the same goes for people if you don't have kids. I was just talking to one of my team members who has said that they're choosing not to have children, which is totally, completely fine. And I'm actually hearing that a lot more now. And so I said to her, well, then you need to choose and focus on yourself. Take that day off and get that spa weekend with your girlfriend. Like recharge yourself, Right. So that's my thought on perspective is it really is time and the people that come in out of your life to help you to truly understand what someone was going through. But again, you can't really understand it until you've done it yourself. You can only try to impart some of that to help others have a fulfilling experience, balancing work and life. Mm -hmm. 
So how important are boundaries as you think about kind of that balancing act and how we nurture relationships and, you know, truly have a successful career? So what I would say is I truly believe within work, you can set your own boundaries 100%. And I was not good at that. And I'd say, I think I'm decently good at it now. Now, if you talk to my husband, he might sort of disagree, but I would say, I, I believe that I've done a good job of that as far as work is concerned. What I will also say though, is dot, 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 for those of you ladies that are listening now and you have, um, you are leaders yourselves, it starts with us, right? So I would say when I was um, in other roles and I was working crazy hours, my leaders, one, didn't always give me the space to put my out of office on or would send me notes at all hours of the day and night. And I felt that I had to respond. My team knows well that if they send me an email at night, I will not respond unless I absolutely have to, right? They know that. And I made that clear. So as a leader, when I came into my new team, I recently joined this team about four months ago. Um, I said that to them right? And that's different for them. So I do think it starts with leadership, but I also think it starts with you being comfortable and confident enough to say you can or cannot do something. And if you are reliable and responsible and you do a good job, most people are going to say, yeah, go take that time. I don't need to know that you need to go get your hair done on this day because it's the only time your hairdresser can see you at two o'clock on a Tuesday, right? Or you have a doctor's appointment for your parents that you have to take them to. So boundaries are critical. Yeah, I think this it's so true. It's it's both sides of the coin. It's you being responsible for yourself. And then also if you are in a position to lead teams that you instill that in your team and you model it and make sure that they feel mm-hmm. confident. Because, you know, we answer those middle of the night emails because we we think that there's that expectation that we will. And that's that's put down, whether it's explicit or implicit, it's because leaders have told us we probably should answer that middle of the night email, you know? I've had some really great male leaders that I've worked with. And um, in my most recent team, I was the only woman on the team. So it was all executive leaders. I was the only woman. And I would say, like, they had said that to me is we know if we send an email on a Saturday morning, it's going to stir everybody up. And of course it is. So they taught me, like, I actually time all my emails. So I might need to, for my own self, I like to send emails on a Saturday morning. This is the gentleman sharing it with me. He said, I set my timer. Uh, so all my emails go out Monday morning at 8 a.m. So he's like, I'm still getting it off my plate. That's what I want. But then I don't want to stir people up. So just little kind of things like that, I think, help set boundaries. Um, but absolutely being in an environment where it's a safe space. And I think that's why I've really appreciated and valued the company I'm with now. Um, again, Evernorth, so we're owned by Cigna, and I've, I've really appreciated that the team, we support one another, but we give each other space, and truly family, it's not just like lip service, family does come first, and I've really appreciated that. Yeah. So you've talked about your career path a bit, and, you know, sometimes people feel like they need to see the whole picture, you know, that end goal, and walk a very straight line to it. What do you think about that? I would say if you talked to me five years ago, I would never tell you I was doing what I'm doing now. I think I shared this with you in our first conversation. 
the only reason, and so ladies, power of LinkedIn, only reason I am in this company as a recruiter from my company reached out to me on LinkedIn. I said no two times to the role I was in before. And finally, I said yes to a conversation. So what I would say, and I was just having this conversation with my brother um, last week, it's foundational skills that get you, that, that offer you success in your career. So if you pigeon your whole yourself so much in one specific industry or area, not that that's a bad thing, you become, you're, but you're fishing in a very sort of narrow pond, right? And so what I've found for myself is I am, I'd like to think a strong, a strong leader. I cultivate people. I'm very strong at connecting dots across an enterprise and an organization. I understand different points of view. I'm strong in process and measurement. Those are my things, right? So I can apply those to all different industries. So what I would say is don't be afraid to say yes to something that seems different to you. Think about what you want to do and does something hit those wickets, whether or not it's in the industry you think that you should be in. That, that would be sort of my perspective there. That's great. So um, you said you said no to the role twice. What do you think about saying no? So I said no to the conversation with the recruiter, okay. right? So it wasn't yeah. the role, but still, <clears throat> um, I had a woman I worked with that I think very highly of, and she always said to me, and I always give credit where credit is due. So that's why I always offer where I share these things. So she said to me, it's what you say no to, not what you say yes to that makes all the difference. Mm. And I think about that in my personal life too, because we haven't gotten to friends, but that's a whole other part of my 20s, 30s, 40s, right? Is that there's always people that want to hang out with, well, I, if you're blessed, you have friends that want to spend time with you. And I've realized that in my life, it's not about how many friends I have. It's about the quality that I can show up completely as I am, right? And so I think what I found is I always just wanted to say, yes, I felt I had FOMO, right? Because I work and I'm not around, if a mom group invited me to go out on a Thursday night after I was exhausted, I was like, well, I should probably go because they're going to think that I don't like them anymore. And then I realized, Susan, you're exhausted. Spend time with your family and focus on yourself and say no. And those that care about you will understand, right? So I 100% believe it is what we say no to, not what we say yes to that gives us the space to breathe. Mm, yeah, that it's that... Almost kind of tying back to boundaries that being really selective and, and thoughtful in what we're saying no to just as much as the things we say yes to or more. Exactly. Being purposeful. So, you know, you've talked a lot about prioritizing family and also your career. You've got a successful career that matters to you. And so I'm curious, how do you navigate making both important? Like, how do you care for both kids and aging parents and also work in that career? Find joy in the imperfection of it all, right? It's never all going to be perfect. And I think that that's one of the things that I think about is people talk about this enigma that is work-life balance. It does not exist. Ladies, I, gentlemen, whoever's listening to this, right? Like it doesn't exist. So I would always say there's, it's more like work-life integration, 
So some days my family gets 90% of me and my work gets 10%. And then there's other days that I have to flip-flop. Like last week I was gone. I left at 6 a.m. Monday and I didn't get home until 10 o'clock at night Thursday. And then my aging parents came for a long weekend this weekend. And I'm prepared, you know, it's just, you have to kind of figure these things out. I had to go pick up my dad's oxygen generator, like all these different things, right? And so what I would say is I think give yourself grace and also recognize that things are not going to be perfect. And that's the part of me as I talk about like generational perspective. I think I was a little more, I was wound pretty tight, I would say in my 20s. I know I was. Um, I think that's what got me to where I am. I focused on work. I didn't always go out to have fun sometimes on Friday nights. I'd stay late. And, um, I'm not saying I suggest that, but I would say I think it's recognizing there's no such thing as balance and not trying to give 50% of yourself to each thing. Yeah. That's great. Do you have any um, like advice or tips or tri- anything really like tangible that helps you? You know, so often when we have conversations kind of like with friends or whatever, and we say, oh, I do this and you think it's just a normal thing and someone else finds it to be just like a lifesaver, like a hack, you know, for, for getting through things. I have a couple things. One breathing cliche, but breathing. Right. And for those of us that are sitting on our chairs, like on video for work, like I try to get up and walk around. Um, I'm getting better about carving out the space for exercise. I used to be crazy about it. And now I'm trying to figure out how to, again, integrate that. Um, so I would say breathing though, like just even if you take like two minutes and just take deep breaths, right? That's one thing. Another thing, which is interesting is there's an app that, um, there's a woman that I know here in Nashville, very successful entrepreneur, and we are friends and we went to lunch and she said, you know what, Susan, I use this app called Gratitude 365. So I would highly recommend you check it out. I mean, it's not even my, but it's just, I look at that every morning and it just gives you a quick little quote and it kind of gives you perspective, right? And so I've been doing that now a couple of years. So that's been good. Um, If you have faith in your life, you know, I try to at least spend a little bit of time in the morning, like reading something to have myself, which has been harder having a middle schooler because she now gets up at six because my time to myself used to be six to 6.20 coffee by myself, but that's what I would honestly say is try to get even 10, 15 minutes yourself to breathe, ground yourself, and then get ready for your day. Oh, that's great. So we always ask our guests about what they think all women should carry with them in their giant tote bag, whether it's metaphorical or an actual item, but, you know, we're all carrying around our giant tote bags, um, full of all the, the, things we might possibly need to face the day. So what do you think we should carry around with us? Like on about one thing and one is like a physical thing and one is a a perspective, right? One is always have a sense of humor, right? Have a sense of humor. Do not take yourself too seriously in work and life and to the extent that you can show that sense of humor to people you work with and friends, like, Helping people to realize you don't take yourself too seriously, I think is really important. So that's number one, as far as just a persona coming to the table. As far as what you should have in your bag, lip gloss, 100%. Everyone always needs lip gloss because even if you feel like you look not so lovely and you're running into public, 
grab something and you say, huh, I better put some lip gloss on or make myself feel better. It's just an added confidence booster. So those are my two things. Those are great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Susan. We really appreciate you give it us a lot to think about, a lot of new perspectives and some great, um, great conversation about what it means to be a working mom and a, a working family member. So I appreciate that. Of course. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure. Well, it was great talking with Susan and I'm so thankful for her time. You know, she really is one of those generous women. She's super open and eager to provide guidance and mentorship to others. I see her as someone who does personify that that image of reaching back as she rises up. Yeah. And she also was recently featured in a Forbes article where they highlighted and profiled three working women and where they discussed how they overcome the challenges to pursuing advanced careers at the same time of being moms. So we'll leave that link in the show notes. It's a great article. Yeah, definitely. So one thing to try, we've got the holidays coming up. So why don't you let your out of office do the work while you are enjoying some PTO time and the holiday season? Steph, what'd you got in that bag? Okay. So in my bag right now, I've got a couple of stamps because you just never know when you need to pop a holiday card or a thank you note in the mail and you want to be prepared with a stamp. That's a good one, especially with those thank you notes. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little old school. You write a handwritten note. (laughs) Every time. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Be a part of the conversation and connect with us on Instagram at SoarLead. Maybe even tag your own work BFF in the comments. Also, give us some appreciation for this podcast. It's really how we grow and make sure that we can keep these conversations going. Make sure to follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time for another Women Who Work conversation.